0: And we are back here on Unusual Sources 93.3 CFMU FM broadcasting to Hamilton at 93.3 on the FM dial and the rest of the world at CFMU.ca, which has live streaming accessible from anywhere. And I'm very pleased today that we're going to have on the air with us the former longtime Vancouver MP, I'm talking 1997 to 2015, and also house leader of the NDP from 2003 to 2011, and that is, of course, Libby Davies. I believe she's joining us now, so thank you, Libby, for being on the program with us today.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: Well, you know, first time I've, I've heard from you in person, uh, but we've heard so much about you, even here in Hamilton. We've, a lot of people have been following your progress And, of course, you're going to be here in Hamilton because, and I'm holding it right now, I've got your book. It's called Outside In, a political memoir. Uh, This is a 2019 book, isn't it?
1: Yes, it just came out a couple of weeks ago.
0: So it's literally hot off the presses.
1: Absolutely, hot off the press. And I'll be in Hamilton on uh, June the 9th.
0: That's right. I've got the event notice here. We're just putting a draft together. It's going out tonight or soon. It's uh, Sunday, June 9, 2019, at 2 p.m. at the New Vision United Church. Uh, and that's a big supporter of Palestine events. We have a lot of that going on. Uh, we've had a lot of that in the last two months alone. And that's at 24 Main Street West. But of course, many of our listeners know where that is and have been to many events. So um, it's outside in official book launch and conversation with Libby Davies. And that's what we're about to do here uh, because we We're going to focus on one chapter in particular. Um, I was lucky enough to get this book in advance, and... You know, we don't want to give away the whole book because there's a lot in there. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're interested in, if it's anti-war issues or poverty or LGBT issues or sex worker safety, safe injection sites, and of course, Palestine, it's all in the book and so much more than that. Um, But there was a, a turbulent time in your career as a member of parliament. And this is the first time I've really been able to see the inside of this, thanks to your book. I remember the controversy. We had heard of you and all the good work you're doing. Although I didn't know you personally, and then this thing blows up in the media, uh, and that's kind of how the chapter starts. Some there was a kind of media ambush of you. Could you tell us sort of what happened as how you got ambushed?
1: <laughs> well, I was at a rally in Vancouver um, about the uh, the blockade of Gaza, and I, you know, over the years I've attended many uh, rallies in support of um, human rights and. and and uh, ending uh, the illegal occupation, and, uh, and the blockade of Gaza, and so, you know, I've been at many events, and as so often happens, you know, um, folks show up at the rallies, they're, they're uh, young journalists, or student journalists, and you're not quite sure who, who they are, and they stick a microphone in your face, and, and uh, ask you a bunch of questions, and as you're sort of walking along in the rally, or about to Speak. You you just sort of like you know get into it, and this is something I was used to. But in this particular interview, as I outline in the book, in that particular chapter, um, I realized pretty quickly um, that the uh, the young person, uh, the person interviewing me, was um, was really had a very different agenda, and I I I attempted to uh, end the interview. You know, relatively quickly, but nevertheless, I got on on video, um, and I presume that it had some circulation because when I got back to Ottawa uh, a few days later, it was already out there. But really, it had very few views um, about comments uh, about the situation historically, and before I know it, it is sort of blowing up um, in the media, and and in the book, I'm I'm quite forthright that um, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, in fact, another deputy, I was deputy leader of the NDP at the time, uh, the other deputy leader, Thomas Mulcair, did speak to the media, uh, gave his views, and of course that immediately gave it legs, as they say in the media world. Um, and, and then the leader, Jack Layton, once it sort of became a much bigger media story, Jack Layton had to face it every time he got it in question period asked uh, the Prime Minister Harper a question he got hit back with, you know, what about your member, what about your house leader, and, um, and so it, it, you know, it, it turned into into quite a media story nationally, um, and this, you know, as I say, happens over a number of hours and then a, a day or so, and this is how things can transpire in Ottawa, so it was, it was a very, Interesting experience. Well, maybe interesting is a diplomatic word, but I wanted to write about it because I wanted to. Um, I wanted to share the experience of how things can happen in the political world and how quickly things can become. Um, distorted or talked by the media and i I made a decision to be um quiet and not not respond because i knew that anything i said would just keep fueling it and that's what they wanted right they already had the narrative written and they just wanted you know more comments so it was an it was an issue that jack had to deal with and it was a very difficult time for me and for him uh and for others in the caucus because it was not something we wanted to deal with and um Anyway, I mean, people will, if they get the book, they can read about it because I do go through it sort of step by step um, and share how how I went through this experience and what I learned from it. And uh, so, yeah, I kind of laid it out there.
0: Yes, you did. And I'm grateful for that. And the reason I'm grateful is because we were wondering what was going on when this happened. You know, I was working with activists here in Hamilton and in Toronto when that situation occurred. There was this dishonest journalist who just wanted to take a few words and blast them everywhere, and that's what happened. And we were trying to figure out what had happened, and and we were kind of putting it together. And mm-hmm. as you pointed out, initially it did not get any attention, but then some, mm-hmm. some people made an issue of it or g- sort of mm-hmm. gave it gravitas, and then it, it blew up, which... When you're talking about Palestine, if you stand up for Palestine like you do, you always have to be watching out for these kind of things. And that was a lesson and an experience, you know, as, as you saw. In the book, it's fascinating because you get to see how the NDP reacts to a situation like that. And unfortunately, you weren't all on the same page there. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you ha- you're the deputy leader, you have the other deputy leader, and... It could have been handled in a more unified fashion, which might have been more beneficial for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once it became an issue for you, uh, you did have supporters all over the place. You, you had supporters yeah. in social movements, and you had some supporters within the party. I think in the book, oh, for in, sure. you, know, you mentioned yeah, for uh, sure. Joe Comartin, and I think you, even a Hamilton uh, uh, MP, you had a, a. Chris Charlton. That's right, that's yeah. right, Chris yeah. Charlton. So, you, you mean, you had people in the party trying to take a stance that you are allowed to talk on this or you can, you can be defended and, and so on. So, um, yeah,
1: but, but, you know, I think, I mean, I just want to respond to that because everything you've laid out is correct, but, it, you know, I think people uh, need to kind of understand the political environment. Um, I, I, when I was an MP in the early days, uh, we used to host events on Parliament Hill around Palestine, around human rights, and MPs would come out and then of course a big chill happened and uh, particularly when Stephen Harper got elected and any criticism of of, uh, uh, Israel um, was viewed as anti-Semitism and so I mean I think part of the story is that Jack who uh, you know Jack Layton who I had a great relationship with and I was his house leader Um, I supported him in his when he ran for leader I mean, I do recognize, and I know, and this is a reality, and and to not understand it is to not really understand what it's like in this political environment, but Jack was was under pressure and responding to um, the construct that criticism of Israel is anti-Semitic, and this is still, unfortunately, uh, very much the uh, political environment in Ottawa, and so that's what we kind of got tangled up in, Um, and it's correct, you know, uh, he was under pressure to have me um, uh, sort of resign um, as as his house leader, and I felt like I couldn't do that. Uh, If he wanted to get rid of me, that was his decision, but I wasn't prepared to resign voluntarily, and again, I explain this in the book, Um, but we got through it, you know, and and the point I wanted to make, and I hope it does come through, is that it was because of the... um, Good relationship that we had. That I was able to uh, work through this with Jack. It was a very difficult time for both of us, and um, you know, I had tremendous support in the caucus. There were like thousands and thousands of emails that came in, and I would say probably you know ninety percent of them were very supportive. Um, and and again, that Jack had to deal with that as a pressure. That you know, the emails that came into the party office, that came into him as leader, came into my office. Um, so I look back on it and I, I I learn from it that, you know, even when you go through a tough time, the relationships you have with people to get you through that kind of thing is really important, right? And uh, so, you know, it's just sort of <laughs> partly the inside game of politics and I, I kinda wanted to share it and, and hopefully give an understanding of, of, of what it what it what what it looks like and, and the kinds of things that can take place. And that wasn't You know, there were other issues, too, but that was obviously a a fairly major um, difficulty that we went through.
0: Yes, and those relationships you mentioned, of course, you see them persist throughout the book. And there are people you've been working with the whole time. Mm -hmm. And, of course, people can get the details and the nitty-gritty in the book, and you'll probably talk about it or maybe be asked about it on your, your book tour you were taking some flack from people like Bob Ray and and Harper made things difficult for everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Bob Ray section there is just hilarious. Um, But uh, Harper, yes, he gets talked about more than once in terms of his uh, approach on Palestine that made things difficult for you. Um, But, you know, you shrugged it off in the sense you didn't let it stop you. As you said, there's grassroots support in the party for left-wing issues like Palestine. And -hmm. that's another theme that comes through in the book. There's always a a basis for doing Mm -hmm. the right thing, even if people at the top are, you know, looking at poll numbers or talking to their, you know, advisors Mm -hmm. and being nervous. And you just went head on. You you went to Palestine itself, I think, more than once. You visited locations twice there.
1: yeah twice yeah, yes yeah and and i should say that because you had mentioned joe comartin i mean joe comartin was is was such a principled member of parliament and always a very uh, strong colleague and ally and, and during that time when this blew up in ottawa joe was right there i mean you know he literally had my back and i'll never forget that and he's always taken a very good position himself um, so, thank goodness for people like joe Comartin, and, and there were there were others as well, but uh, Joe has a very good place in my heart but yes, I did visit um, twice uh, both to the occupied territories, the West Bank and also to um, to Gaza um, once with a delegation that that was put together by um, Palestine House in Mississauga, where I'll also be on June the 9th after Hamilton, Um, and it was actually led by a Liberal member of Parliament, who I'm sure some people remember Carolyn Parrish, and it was, for me, it was just like a complete life-changer, you know, to actually be there and to speak with people on the ground, both both Palestinian and Israeli people who were fighting for human rights um, and upholding of international law. Uh, certainly the second time I went um, after, um, you know, it's now one of numerous uh, bombings of Gaza, uh, it was after Operation Castleg, I think it was 2009, um, was, was really just a horrifying thing to experience, and we had enormous difficulty um, getting into uh, Gaza itself, because the Canadian government refused to help us in any way. Usually if MPs are traveling, they will provide you with consular assistance if you have difficulties, particularly if you're going to an area where, um, you know, things aren't settled politically. They they basically said, if you go, you're totally on your own. And it ended up that only two MPs went, myself and a wonderful MP from the Bloc Qué- Québécois, Richard Nadeau, um, the Liberal MP, was denied uh, permission to go by his leader at the time, which happened to be Bob Ray. Um, so it was just the two of us with Code Pink. And we were only there for, like, I mean, literally it was 24 hours, but we pretty well stayed up the whole 24 hours meeting with people. And to see on the ground the, the destruction of what had taken place, like even the Parliament building that was bombed, to see people still living in tents on the beach... Um, and you know, even today, of course, it is still a very serious situation, and people are denied basic quality of life and 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 life and liberty. Um, so, again, I wanted to write about it because um, we don't hear enough about this. Right? It, 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 there's so much rhetoric, um, and it's so polarized the debate. But I, I firmly believe that there's a much greater public understanding. And in fact, a recent poll by uh, independent Jewish voices through Ecos show that, you know, I, I think it's close to half of of um, of people in Canada who are Jewish who were surveyed, you know, n- know and will say, you know, that 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 uh, uh, that they understand that criticism of, of Israel is being labeled as anti-Semitic to try and shut down uh, constructive debate, and this this is such a toxic atmosphere and it still exists here on parliament hill unfortunately to a large extent but i do believe that that discourse is changing in the public but it hasn't changed enough in the public in the political arena we're still facing that that you know very difficult environment where people we're literally mps are afraid to speak out it's it's, it is like a new mccarthyism you know where where if you speak out you're branded and so people say okay well i'm going to be quiet (laughs) <laughs> well, it, certainly
0: you were brave and very helpful when you went into Palestine, even though for example Bob Ray was preventing, you know, his people from going in. Mm-hmm. What you were saying ultimately when you came out of that was your recommendations were not too far from the government's official position. You know, we're supposed to be a, a sort of a, a fair arbiter, you're supposed to be an, a neutral, unbiased actor, but even though those were your recommendations and that is supposed to be the government's position, some of this was during the Harper years. And of course, our government's Mm -hmm. actual position was extremely biased and and they weren't making things easy for you even with the consular services or, or anything like that. And you mentioned McCarthyism under Harper. That was certainly a major problem, but it also affected all the parties in the terms of MPs having to muzzle themselves or not express mm-hmm. themselves fully and it's it's more in the, later in the book towards the end when you're looking at um the direction of the party of the ndp and what politicians can do and you had been part of brian top's campaign for leadership mm-hmm. and you had a certain vision of the party of what it could do and the contributions it could make to canadian society and There's a struggle within the NDP and any other Canadian political party has to deal with this issue of centralization and I think it might have even been Joe Comartin um, who, who brought that up with you. Uh, yeah, he did, yeah. Page 219, it says, yeah, Joe Comartin pointed out, <laughs> I love it, it's, he, under Khrushchev, there was an increase in control and centralization as all parties responded to new technologies in getting their message out. More centralization and control at the top meant less independence for individual MPs. Um, and certainly you, you've experienced that. So we can look at the direction of the party More specifically, we still want to look at what Canadians can do with regard to Palestine and Israel. And you've been involved with organizations like the Canadians for Justice and Peace in the Middle East and Independent Jewish Voices. You appreciate that they spend time lobbying parliamentarians. So, you know, how do you see the role of groups like IJV or CJPME in terms of participating in the political discourse, the official political discourse, or engaging with political parties in terms of the issue of Palestine,
1: I think it's more critical than ever. And I always was so grateful that uh, uh, Canadians for Justice and Peace in the Middle East and for independent Jewish voices. Uh, and previously, we'd also sometimes had a, a Canadian Arab Federation who would come on the hill, but engaging with MPs and, you know, speaking truth to power, especially for people to speak about their own experience is something that, you know, cannot be refuted. And so I would really like to encourage that. I think we need to see more of it. Um, I know it's a hard thing to organize and to bring forward, to get people on the hill and to set up all the appointments, but it's so worthwhile and it's so important for it to be done to engage literally one-on-one or with your local Member of Parliament. And I I wrote about this in the book because sometimes people feel very cynical, right? And they feel, well, anything I do is not going to matter. Nobody listens. They're all the same. But this isn't the case. In actual fact, when we... When we use our activism to engage with a political process, uh, we can actually change the debate. We can actually change what's going on in the in public discourse. I've seen that happen on on a, a number of issues that I've worked on, and so having that um, uh, that connection between the activism on the ground with parliamentarians who are who are supportive and working together to help bring about change is so critical. And, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. The the report that we issued when we came back from our our visit, it, it was ironic because all of the recommendations that we made were things, I, I think, you know, I've, I'd have to go look at the report in detail, but pretty well everything that we recommended had had been official government policy in terms of upholding international law and human rights. But, of course, the Harper government had... Had gone so far from that um that those policies didn't mean anything and um and so we wanted to you know show um that that, that these um, positions that have been held by canada needed to be valued and uh, respected and upheld and lo and behold presenting the report in parliament what happens it gets attacked you know and a few conservative members you know this is an unfair report and and i remember standing up uh, giving a statement in the House in response um, and and saying you know that this is this is a new McCarthyism this is trying to shut down debate you know we know what you're up to you know and calling it out and th- and unfortunately this this continues on so all the more reason that the activism um, from the community from the grassroots from these organizations continues in a way that it's opening up and opening up a way to bring forward factual information um not only on this issue but you know there's other issues as well but so it, it, it does have to be a sustained effort and I'm, I'm really ever so grateful to groups like canadians for justice and peace in the middle east and ijv for doing this work it is so important to be done
0: well maybe that's Part of what you're hoping readers will get out of the book, which, by the way, as I said earlier, the book is going to be launching in Hamilton. It's brand new, as I said. It's Sunday, June 9 at 2 o'clock p.m. It's Libby Davies' Outside in a Political Memoir. It's an official book launch and conversation with Libby Davies at the New Vision United Church. On the ninth, so you know, I mean, there's lots of interesting stories in there, Libby. I mean, I see there's a time you were caught in Parliament during the attack by that gunman a few years ago, yeah. and then there is a, you know, I mean, there's there's heart, more heartwarming stories about growing up abroad with your family, and you're also you've been the first openly LGBT female parliamentarian. You have all these behind the scenes stories with Jack Layton. Uh, you've been struggling for safe injection sites and, and all sorts of things. It's you know, you're a fighter and you're out there, so you put all this down for it. Why are you doing it? I mean, what are you hoping the readers are going to get out of this?
1: Well, two things, really, Brendan. There was, there was two reasons I wanted to write. I, I worry that, you know, people can feel so cynical about the political process. Um, we're told over and over again that we can't do anything, that we don't count. And people even sometimes give up on voting. And I wanted to somehow get through that and, and to share with people that when we are engaged, when we work collectively, when we find our voice, when we support one another, we actually have an amazing amount of power to change the political agenda. So I wanted to share that. I also wanted to share experiences about how that change can come about. When we do work together, how do we bring about transformative change, and and how does the Sort of, you know, social movements interact with the political process. So I wanted to share some of that, um, and then, and then, thirdly, I wanted to, um, you know, to, to to talk about how even working on what is considered to be not. mainstream issues, like issues that are difficult, but nobody wants to talk about in the political arena because, oh, well, that's not a vote-determining issue, or that's not on our political agenda. But for me, they were issues of life and death concerning my constituents, such as, you know, people who are being criminalized by the war on drugs. And so I wanted to show that um, you can can also work on these issues, again, at a community-level at a grassroots level, but also in the more official parliamentary world, and you can bring about change. And it's all about the relationships that you build with people. And it, you know that that's not going to be a surprise to people, but it's hard to do, right? In how we conduct ourselves, how we do our politics. Um, so those were some of the reasons that I, I wanted to write. And it was I, I really enjoyed writing, and I really enjoyed you know sharing some of those experiences and hearing people's feedback. Um, So I'm very much looking forward to coming to Hamilton and and having uh, the conversation and very grateful to the folks who are organizing the meeting. Um, So I think we're going to have a good discussion about not only Palestine but also how change happens, how we work together, how can we do it better. Um, So I'm hoping that all of these things will be part of our, our discussion on June the 9th.
0: Well, it promises to be a very interesting talk. I really think people should take advantage of this special and unique opportunity. So, uh, Libby, again, I know we caught you on the phone, so um, thanks for taking the time with us. We really appreciate it, and and all the best to you. We'll see you on the 9th.
1: All right. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: And that was Libby Davies, as I said earlier, longtime Vancouver MP from 1997 to 2015, And she was also the house leader of the NDP from 2003 to 2011. Lots of interesting stories about what was going on in the NDP during all that time. Uh, You know, there was that whole situation we talked about with this journalistic ambush on her and this attempt to smear and discredit her. And you get to see what happened in the NDP behind the scenes and the various attacks she had to endure from the liberals and the conservatives. Um, And, you know, that's just one chapter. And there's all these other stories where she took part in frontline struggles. And it's, uh, as I said, this is bound to be interesting. So you really should come out on the 9th. I'll announce this event together with other events later in the program. But uh, just to remind you, it's going to be on Sunday June 9, 2019, at 2 p.m. So Sunday, June 9 at 2 p.m. at the New Vision United Church, and that's at 24 Main Street West in Hamilton. Um, It says here, admission is free. So all are welcome. So you can pick up a copy of the book and she's going to speak. I presume there'll be a question period. She'll be able to sign books and so on. So uh, do come out to that.